What's up? How are you out there? And how are you today? Thank you for taking the time out to just chill and while listen to your boy, your host, Greg, as we go on another journey, talk about the world of sports. Specifically, man, look, I'm going to put it out there now. I'm a diehard Giants fan. My favorite player, Rodney Hampton. So what has transpired now? Daniel Jones, our prized rookie possession at quarterback, has a high ankle sprain and will miss the next start in which the Giants will be on the road against division rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. And it has been announced that Eli Manning will most likely start that game. You know what's one of the dumb things I heard when I heard that that was announced? The Giants are officially trying to tank and get a top draft pick. That's why Eli's starting. See, I could tell those are the type of people that haven't watched the Giants play. Because if you watch the Giants play, they're not trying to tank. They're that bad. They're trying to play, but they just can't right now. It's almost like you watch a Giant game and you sit there and say to yourself, it's not what is the other team going to do to win. It's what are the Giants going to do or what are they not going to do to put themselves in a position to win and mess this game up. And, you know, personally right now, I feel that it's a very, very, very of utmost importance that Giants ownership, management, players, anybody that's working with that organization understand that this is a very critical time right now and a very dangerous time for the Giants. And I say dangerous in this. Every team goes through bad times and bad eras and rebuilding, so on and so forth. But this isn't the 70s. This isn't the 80s. This isn't the 90s. This isn't even the early 2000s where I don't have nothing else to do on a Sunday. I'll sit there and live through it. I'm going to be a diehard fan, and I'm going to sit there and live through it. We are, my friends, in the era of streaming. We have Netflix, HBO to go, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, BT Plus is coming out. All the major channels are coming out with their streaming devices that weren't out before. And what I mean by dangerous time, I'm speaking to a lot of Giants fans and people don't care when they play, who they play. They might just take a peek to see, oh, we're down 47. Typical, typical Giants, right? Before, used to be like, how dare you ask me if I want to go out and do something other than watch the Giants game? How dare you think I want to go out to a family function? How dare you think I'm going to go to the mall right now? But now, you might want to entertain that. Why? The Giants game is on. You don't want to watch that? Why don't I go to the mall? Nowadays, every mall got a bar in it. And every bar got a sport t- got a TV. And on Sunday, they're playing the, the, the football games. And they got all the games on. So you're not going to go there and say, um, excuse me. And you can't even say it with pride. Can you put the Giants game on? You got to whisper, can you put the Giants game on, please? 
You go sit there and say, hey, let me watch that Raven 49 game or another game. That's what you think about doing now. Or if it's just anything and everything. Hey, let me catch up. Who shot Ghost? You know what? Let me sit there and catch up on power. See what's going on on power. Or let me watch some billions. Let me catch up on billions. Or whatever show everybody's into. While the giant game is on, you can sit there and say, that's the time that I'm going to use to do something else. And that's what I mean by dangerous because these distractions, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, all these these distractions weren't there in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. The way they are so prevalent and so much a part of our lives now. Where it's like before, it was like, what else am I going to do? Okay, the Giants think, but I'm still going to watch. Where now it's like, you know what? I'm not going to piss myself up by watching the Giant game. I'm going to do something else. Because you know what the Giant games are like right now? Watching the Giant game, I compare it to... It's like somebody you respect and a good friend of yours tells you your significant other is cheating. And there's proof, you believe it, and that person is cheating, right? And you get real pissed off. And then you come across or that person the following week provide video evidence after you've gotten over the fact that this cheating has transpired. Now that you've seen this video evidence, you get pissed off again. So it's almost like, you know, the giants are going to lose. You watch and you get pissed off. Like the giants weren't supposed to lose. Are you all emotionally involved? Are you like, oh, come on, we are really dead. Yes, we are really that bad. That's how frustrating it is now, man. You sit there and say to yourself, why am I doing this to myself, man? Do I really want to live the rest of my life being pissed off watching the Giants? And it's, you know what? You can sit there and say, don't you want to be a diehard? You got to be there when the times are going bad. You don't want to be there when the times are going good. And I get that. I don't need to be there week in and week out. I'll catch them here and there. I'm not going to be there week in and week out. And that's what is happening now with all these distractions that we have. I'm a, I'm a fan, diehard fan. You know when, when you see one, you just ask a couple questions. Who's your favorite player? And they bust out a question like, um, I don't know, Odell Beckham. Thank you. Next. All the real fans, think in your head right now, who's your, re, who's your favorite Giants player? And at what moment did you realize you wanted to be a Giants fan? For me, the moment I realized I wanted to be a Giant fan was when Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker, he caught this touchdown pass, and I was watching Giant games for a couple weeks in a row, and I was like, you know what? I'm a New Yorker. I'm liking this game football. I want to be a fan of the sport. You know what? I watch the Giants all the time. I'm going to be a Giants fan. Simple as that for me. Why did I be? Why is Rodney Hampton my favorite football player? When I started playing football and Rodney Hampton got drafted, I was a junior in high school, and my coach said, if you want to be a good football player, the position that you play, go home tonight, watch the player that plays your position, and try and play like him, and that's how you get better. That night, it was a preseason game. I watched the Giants play. Rodney Hampton, his first time he touched the ball, he took it for a 50-yard touchdown play. A touchdown run, and I said to myself, I don't know who this guy is, 
but I'm going to pay attention to him because he's a running back and he's playing the same position I am. Those were the good old days, man. You know, it's, 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 it's just the Giants don't even have a fight. They don't even make you want to watch. And that's what's critical right now because it's almost like, yo, man, we just, oh, we're, oh, okay, yeah, thanks. I mean, they're in danger of losing a generation of fans. I'm talking if you are 30 and up, you're on that, you know what, I'm not watching no more. I'm not watching no more. Yo, I got Giants tickets. And, oh, you think I'm buying off you? Good joke. You're in danger of, I equate this to what's going on with the Knicks, the New York Knicks. There is a generation of Knicks fans that don't even watch the Knicks play, but are diehard Knicks fans. They don't want to watch the team because their heart has been broken so many times. It's almost like they have to win for a year or two for them to believe. And for all the Knicks fans, they still hold on to Carmelo Anthony as if he were drafted by the Knicks as being one of the greatest Knicks players. And to me, I think the reason why Melo resonates with the Knicks fan is because the Knicks fan, since the Patrick Ewing, John Starks era, were starving, starving. For anybody that could take the Knicks out of the slums that they were in. And who came? Carmelo. Omari Stoudemire came. He made them, he made them, I would say, watchable. Because at least you had somebody to watch. Carmelo came and he made them relevant again. Now they're going to the playoffs. Now they're winning 50 games, I don't want to say a year, but they hit that mark when he was on the team. And ever since then, I feel that Nick fans don't care, and I feel that the Giant fans are almost there because we've been sold a bill of goods to the point where it's like, all right, you can say we're going to the playoffs, but I already know it's going to happen. And you know what's another thing? That when I'm watching games or when I do – Watch game, uh, something that I see that transpires. You ever listen to the game and you notice how there's so many more away fans and you can actually hear the away fans cheering through your radio, especially when it's a, when it's a Cowboy game, especially when it's an Eagle game. You can actually hear the other team cheering. And I'll tell you why that happens. You know why? PSLs. What are PSLs? Personal seat licenses. What is a personal seat license? It's a paid license that entitles the holder the right to buy season tickets for a certain seat in the stadium. And and they could sell that seat license to someone else if they no longer want to buy the season tickets. How much are are they? The one-time cost for the right to purchase season tickets ranges from $1,000 to $20,000 per seat. And with one more than half of the seats, at least of $5,000. Do you know what that sounds like to me? And I'm not the sharpest tool in the, in the toolbox. That sounds like to me in an old school way. You trying to go to the club and you got to pay a fee to wait online to get into the club. Because you had to pay a personal seat license for the right to buy tickets. 
You just can't go up to the front gate and say, what tickets can I buy? None. That doesn't exist anymore, man. And that's what the problem is. And when you're sitting there saying these things are 20000 per seat, you're talking eight games, right? That's like a mortgage payment. So before in the good old days, what tickets were maybe two tickets were maybe like what? $300, $250, $275, $200, a buck 60, depending on where the tickets were. You sit there and say, all right, look, I'll give these tickets away. I'll eat it. I'll give it to my buddy. I know he's a diehard fan. I'll sell it for face. I'll sell it at a loss, but I'm just going to sell these tickets and give them to a, a person I know that's a real diehard Giants fan. No, that's not happening right now. Because these tickets are now priced to where it's like a mortgage payment and they've priced out the diehard fan, what's going on now is you're selling the tickets at either face value or above face value. And it's not going to be cheap. But you know what? If I'm a Cowboy fan and I've flown in for the weekend and I've already spent $1,000 on plane tickets, throw in a couple more hundred dollars on a hotel res- um, reservations, you think I'm going to care for a couple more hundred dollars, $500, $600 on some tickets for the Giants? And the Cowboys, knowing that the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants? You better believe that's what's going on. And you've priced out all the diehards. you priced out everybody that sits there and watches the draft and watches every pick in the draft. And you ride or die with the team. You sit there and watch the players grow. But you know what? Those aren't the people that are in the stadium now. It's people that don't care, that say, you know what, this is something that is something nice to do as a bucket list. I don't even care who's playing. I don't even know who's playing. I just want to say I've been to a Giants game. That's not how it should work. And that's why the stadium has no soul. It doesn't have a competitive edge. When you're playing at New England, when you're playing at somebody in Seattle, the crowd is such a factor. But for the Giants, it's almost like you're quiet, like, yo, man, I hope we can win. Not we're going to win. And you know what it is? To me, that's what I feel is what the problem is. And the fact that Eli Manning is going to play, I'm happy that Eli is going to get a start. But don't say that they're tanking. And don't even get all hyped if Eli wins a couple games towards the end of the season. It doesn't mean that they're going to bring him back. It doesn't mean that he's going to start. All it means is that Daniel Jones didn't get to finish out this season. And for all and another thing that really pisses me off is the loser mentality that we giant fans are accepting in that people are saying we should be losing so we could get the higher draft pick because the Bengals are going to get the first pick in the draft and they're going to take a quarterback. And that leaves Chase Young, a generational pass rusher, available for the Giants. You know what? See, to me, tanking happens in the NBA and it happens in all sports. But the reason why I don't think tanking works is because 
Yeah, you get the great player. You get this talented roster. But the culture that you're building of winning, being held accountable, of playing for your brother, is that there? Or is it when you're tanking, it's just like, look, I just don't want to get hurt. I want to get my stats, and I want to get paid because I'm not going to be here next year. You don't have a bunch of young kids that are like, you know what, we're going to be here together. We're going to be here for a while, and we're all going to grow together, and we're going to play for each other. You're not getting that. I thought that when we drafted Saquon Barkley, all right, we back, and what happened? I thought when we tanked again and we got Daniel Jones, all right, when he plays, oh, he's playing earlier than expected, but there's your quarterback, and then what do we do? This is the third time that we're back talking about, oh, well, we need to lose to get a better roster. I disagree with that. Look at the 49ers. The last time they were good was when we beat them in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. And then after that, they had an opportunity to go back again. And they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Ravens. And since then, now is when they're relevant again. Because they had a ton of drafts and they've been stockpiling talent. And then they traded for a quarterback and boom, voila, they caught lightning in a bottle. But are you willing to wait that long? Come on, man. We're going to sit here and say we're going to lose so we can get the top draft pick. And then what happens when that guy doesn't magically transform the team? Oh, it's Gettleman's fault. Oh, it's this person's fault. No, man. It's the mentality. Did the, did the Patriots ever sit there and draft high? Did the Seattle Seahawks ever sit there and draft high? What about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you ever see them drafting in the top 10? When was the last time you saw the Cowboys drafting in the top 10? Do you know every single player on their defense? Every, well, you know what? I can't say that this year because this year they traded for Robert Quinn. I'm not sure if Robert Quinn starts. But coming into this season, every single starter on that defense, they drafted. Offensive line, drafted. Quarterback, drafted. Running back, drafted. What was the major splash they made in free agency? I'll give it to him. Amari Cooper. All those other receivers drafted. How long were the Cowboys stuck in mediocrity and people were laughing at them? But you'll sit there and say, Greg, see, but that's what I'm talking about. No, man. But they weren't drafting in the top 10 every year. And they were relevant. They were competitive. They were on the cusp of making playoff appearances every year. It was coming down to them and the Eagles every year. It's not about losing and getting talented players. It's about creating a culture. It's about creating a mentality. It's about creating an environment where players know if you don't produce, we're going to cut you loose. This is at college where you're going to be here for a couple years, and by junior year, if you don't produce, we're going to release you from your scholarship, and you can go play elsewhere. This is the league, man. If you're not getting it done, thank you. Don't let the door hit you on the door on, on, on the ass on the way out. Look at the Patriots. They have a no, they have a zero tolerance policy, right? Yo, why is it they can get players that are the most gulliest, thuggish, whatever you want to call them? 
cancer to the team, disruptor, whatever. Soon as they go to the Patriots, they just look at Bel- Belichick in the eyes, and he does one of those like Obi Wan Kenobi. These are not the these these are not the, the the droids that you are looking for. You will go somewhere else. He just looks at them in the eye, take a sip of this Kool Aid. You will come to practice at 7 a.m. You will not get into any trouble. You will work hard and you'll do what we say. Yes, I understand. And they do that. I mean, look at Randy Moss. Right? I mean, God bless his soul. For for the gangster that Aaron Hernandez was off the field, he was the he was a model football player and he was doing what they wanted him to do. Right? I mean, look at Antonio Brown. He was he got ousted because of some nonsense that he did via social media prior to getting to the Patriots. But once he got with the Patriots, they weren't saying he's showing up late, he's doing this and that. It's a culture, man. It's a mentality, man. It's about the will to want to win. It's not about the talent. It's not about the skill of the man. It's about the will of the man. It's not about how good you are. It's about how bad you want it. Talent doesn't win. Talent doesn't always win. Hard work wins. Waking up at 5.30, grinding wins. Not showing up and saying we're better than the other team. Because you know what? That's what the Eagles said when they played the Miami Dolphins. And look at what happened in that game. So don't tell me it's about losing out and getting talent. Because the teams that win, have the, they don't need to have the best locker room, but they need to have the best culture. And the best culture is like, look, I don't need to know you. I don't even like you. But when we're on the field, we're brothers, and I got you. That's the championship team. I'm going to end with that right there, because right now, I don't see that with the Giants. I don't see no leadership, no guidance, no will to want to win. I don't see no, I don't see a guy after a loss that's going to go into the locker room and curse the hell up out of everybody and say, this is irresponsible. This is not the way we play. And this is a whole bunch of beep, 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 a whole bunch of curse words. And if somebody don't like it, they do something. Say something to me about it then. Because right now we playing like a bunch of beeps. And if you don't like me saying that, next week, prove me wrong. Because that, to me, is the best part about sports. The coaches that are the real good coaches give you enough rope to either prove you deserve to play or hang yourself. And when you show that you can't play, it's not them that's going to tell you that. You're going to show that. That's it for me in this episode. Talk about giants and being frustrated. But you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit happier. And this also relates to what I'm talking about. And this is my positive note. My positive note is physical toughness measures what you are capable of doing. But mental toughness measures whether you will actually do it. Physical toughness measures what you are capable of doing. But mental toughness measures whether you will actually do it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everybody.